0: Happy Wednesday. We are live,
1: Chaz. How's it going? What is up, entrepreneurs? You're tuned in to the Non-Corporate Network. You are watching News. It's a collision between CNBC and ESPN where we discuss the top six small business headlines. Dustin and I will give our takes three minutes per subject. I'll defeat him. I'll make quick work of him, and then we'll move on to the rest of our day. How's that sound, Dustin?
0: Yeah, it all sounds good except for you getting those wins. Uh, we all know that, that that typically doesn't happen. But I I tip my cap to you thinking that, and I'll let you uh uh you know kind of think that. So
1: you got a new you got a new look today without the without the hat, man. Yeah,
0: I know I don't like it. Game day got a got a proposal today to go over and in you person, know? so can't be all broed out.
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't like uh, being on camera with me and my luscious locks and. And you with uh, you got you got a little bit shorter of hair than I do. You can't flip it around the same type of way. I think it's gonna just help me to give the people what they want this morning. What's that? I said it's just gonna help me to get those wins this morning. People are gonna the, the people want this. They want they want the hair, they want the flow. They want Chaz Vandemotter to take the cake today.
0: <laughs> Highly doubt that. But like I said, <laughs> I, like I said, keep 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 dreaming.
1: Well, thank you guys for being with us. Um, we are excited to get right into this. Um, we ready to kick this thing off. Do you want to just get get right into it? Yeah, hey, let's let's just dive right in. Let's do it. Um, okay, so could there be an Amazon competitor? Can you guys even fathom an Amazon competitor coming out of the woodwork that we haven't heard of before? Well, prepare, because you might see that. The South Korean e-commerce giant Kupang has come out and uh, – done amazing in their market and are looking to expand into other international markets. Dustin, this is impressive. 95% of people in South Korea have a smartphone and they are delivering at an efficiency rate of 99.3% of orders from the smartphones directly to people's houses within one day. Last time I checked uh, Amazon, uh, it's got two days shipping. So do you think that this is uh, possible to be an Amazon competitor and, uh, if not, or if so, uh, wh- how how do we come up with a competitor for Amazon?
0: Yeah, Coupang. What a what a name. I like it. Um, but I, I, I don't think they're going to be a competitor. I mean, to enter the U.S. space, that's a huge feat in and of itself. But, I mean, Amazon is doing a ton in terms of, uh, I mean, they have two-hour delivery now. That, that's expanding on the items that you can get within that two-hour delivery. I mean, we've talked about it before. They're buying millions of drones. They're going to have drones in the air. They just bought an autonomous car company. Um, so they'll have driverless cars out there delivering. Um, I mean, they're, they're doing everything they can to expedite the shipping just so that, you know, I can get my little Betty Crocker, uh, uh, oven, you know, a few hours earlier. Um, you know, (laughs) just so much more happy whenever that happens. But, um, no, I I think they got a huge hill to climb if they're going to try and compete. Um, you know, I'm all for the competition. That's always good for the consumer. I just don't know if this is the company to do it, um, but I mean, what are your yeah. thoughts? Do you think they have a chance to to compete and enter the U.S. space?
1: Well, I think the e-commerce, um, the, the way the e-commerce uh, industry looks in South Korea, I believe, is some foreshadowing of what we can expect in the United States and really in the world in terms of how it's run. Um, 80% of residents live in very condensed popula- populous cities like I mentioned, 95% of people have smartphones that they're using actively. Um, they have internet, they have the ability to get things delivered to them very quickly. And so I think that if Kupang is really serious about this, the places that they need to start warehousing are in these concentrated cities where they can kind of attempt to pull off the same thing they've pulled off in their own market. But, uh, Again, I think there's just a lot of foreshadowing of what's to come in terms of e commerce and convenience as it relates to this type of technology.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is you mentioned 95% of people have a smartphone. I mean, I would think it would be higher. I mean, I drive around and, you know, see some homeless people with smartphones and everything like that so i mean it's it's crazy in the us it seems like maybe 110% of people have uh smartphones i mean our kids have two now yeah. i mean it's it's crazy yeah. but um i mean just the 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 trend of e-commerce is obviously growing um i think the us might be a little behind on china and south korea and other countries but you know right. with everything going on it's going to greatly expedite that that adoption
1: touche touche uh, diving into the next story here, minimum wage hikes in three states in 21 localities to aid low-paid workers who are slammed by COVID. Um, this story uh, was first released by USA Today. Um, they said that Illinois, Nevada, and Oregon are all set to raise their pay floors as part of a large increase that they're being phased in over several years, according to the National Employment Law Protect, uh, Law Project. Um a worker advocacy group, so uh yeah, what do you think about raising the minimum wage? I mean, it's going significantly li- increases of up to a dollar to two dollars uh, off minimum wage in those three states
0: yeah, let's let's hit the small businesses even harder. Let's make it you know more expensive to bring on more help. let's in- increase the uh, inflation rate. I mean yeah, it's all great. um no, that's it's not good. Um, I think there's other ways to I mean it sounds like what they're trying to do is, increase minimum wage so that, you know, it's more attractive than collecting unemployment. I mean, if that's the end goal, there's a lot of different ways that the the governments can approach this um, to where you don't have to raise minimum wage. I mean, I think it could create more of a wealth gap between the lower and middle class where it's like company A has three employees by doing this. He can now only employ one and a half or yeah. one full time and a part time person. So it's like Overall, the the people that are actually have jobs will have a bit more money, but you're also going to have a huge uh, wave of layoffs because companies just can't afford it. And so, you know, you're going to increase costs, which then gets past the consumer, which now it it just costs more to buy things. And so, I think there's other ways to approach it. But I mean, what are your what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that uh, you know the alternative is you give them some kind of stimulus for hiring people, but again. That's only going to cover X amount of their wage. And you know over the long term, it doesn't really incentivize them to keep workers on as much as just hire a few more during this crazy time um if they are seeing an increased demand and they need more delivery drivers, whatever it may be. So I don't think that it's a sustainable um, system that's being created in terms of incentivizing people to go back to work. Um, and you know it's hard because what are you gonna say? pull the plug on unemployment or drop unemployment number um, of what is being compensated there just to incentivize people to go back. I mean, 47 million people have filed for unemployment. And I think that's the best way to go about it either. But I mean, I hear you that small businesses may be getting hit harder with this. Uh, And so maybe that incentive uh, to bring people back to work can be spread out over the course of 12 months to where they're not really taking on an additional cost.
0: Yeah, and I mean this whole thing about let's get back to work, you know, un- unemployment and all that. I mean, let's let's find the root of of what's causing all this. I mean, there's there's a ton of high-tech jobs or high, uh, you know, jobs that pay really well that people just don't have the knowledge for. So maybe, you know, curb some of that that unemployment to education and get people into trade schools and educate and figure out a fast track to knowledge. it on and- the
1: colleges, I like it.
0: Nah, there's a, a fast track to knowledge. I didn't say college cuz that eh, that doing something that you can gain the knowledge in maybe 6 to 12 months and then you go on and work. I mean there there's a lot of different ways to do it, but I think uh,
1: just we need to decentralize education a little bit is what I hear you saying. I can get behind that. Uh, I think yeah, that uh, yeah. having such a high barrier to entry with tuition and getting into school it reduces the amount of people that have access to learning new skills that are relevant in today's society. And I think that that's a, a big problem that needs to be changed.
0: Yep. That's a that's a whole other topic. It's a, yeah, when you got like, what, 90% of people don't even do what it is they get their degree in and they come out 80 right. grand in debt. It's It needs to revamp. But that's a whole other conversation.
1: Yeah, don't get me started. We'll be here <laughs> until midnight talking about it. Um, next story, the Dow notches their best quarter since 1987 quarter two of 2020, a rebound uh, that was helped by low interest rates and government stimulus amid COVID-19. You know, this story seems kind of backwards to me, Dustin. I mean, um, according to analyst T. Rowe Price, he says the rebound sparked concerns that the markets have come unmoored from economic reality. There remains significant uncertainty about the pandemic, which will likely lead to continued market volatility as business and consumers adapt to further disruptions in the global economy. You know, in that story, it's followed up by saying the Dow Jones posted its strongest quarter since 1987, surging almost 18% between Q1 to Q2. This is a red flag to me. I mean, we're not supposed to be bouncing up and down. This isn't supposed to be what the Dow Jones looks like on the graph. So... What are your thoughts here? How have they, is this sustainable and how have we hit record numbers amid a global pandemic and race riots and everything else that's happening?
0: Yeah, I mean, it had a huge fall off in in uh, Q1, I mean, with the coronavirus coming out. And so, I mean, it's just a matter of numbers. When you have you have a huge decline, it's easy to have that huge increase as well. I mean, overall, I think we're back to a little bit stronger than what we were before the decline. But I mean, I think a lot of it is just held up with stimulus, unemployment. I mean, people are still spending money. That being said, you know we're we're coming up on the heels of uh, the PPP dollars running out, um, extended unemployment, you know not being extended, and the the what you actually get from it going down. So I think there's going to be a lot less spending that goes on. Um, So I think the increase might be held held up because of uh, stimulus. That being said you know, this morning on on the news, you know, I was watching and job numbers are much stronger than expected. Um, construction, spending on new construction was supposed to drop by uh, 1% and it's actually up uh, 2%, I believe. Um, so, I mean, in terms of getting people back to work, new construction, which creates jobs and all that, I mean, it's coming back, whether it's done because of stimulus or it's, it's the economy actually coming back. I mean, only time will tell. Once we get past this little you know, finish line of when, when all the stimulus kind of runs out, we'll see if if it's sustainable. But, um, at the end yeah. of the day, I mean, we went down and we came back up, which that's what caused such a great, uh, when you
1: say, we, you say, we, and I say the top hundred companies in America, not we, we is 37% of small businesses being taken out of the picture and out of business. 47 million people filing for unemployment that's not we to me that's a hundred companies and that is not representative of uh, us as a country and so when we continue to permutate these headlines through oh we're doing amazing it's like no we're not you know how the coronavirus just shut half of the businesses in Arizona back down You know, this is not like the, the, there's still people protesting in the streets every day about inequality and the systems that are broken. I don't know how we can hang our hat on the Dow Jones doing well and act like that's going to, you know, be representative of us as a country.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think just one of those things that we'll just have to uh, keep doing the best we can and and only time will tell. I mean, unfortunately, just one of those things.
1: Yep. I hear you.
0: So on to the next one. So this company called uh, Speed Pro, they have released a, a service to where they can help restaurants get their their menu touchless. So essentially, what it is is uh, they're helping companies get a QR code, and it links to their menu. Um, it helps with uh, you know just contactless menus. It helps with uh, pollution and all that. Um, I don't know. My thoughts are it's not that hard to create a QR code. So there isn't a ton of value being brought to the table. The end of the day you can go online, generate a QR code, put a URL, boom, you have it. I mean, I, I, to me, I don't know if this is such a sustainable business, but that leads me to kind of ask this question. Are we going to see a ton of, uh, uh, businesses pop up that seem like they're bringing a ton of value when really it just, you know, might take a minute or two for what they're actually doing. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on the service?
1: Yeah, I mean, businesses are done with their frivolous spending. I think that this last quarter kind of taught everybody a lesson on what is needed and what isn't, whether it's office space, whether it's chips in the break room or whether it's uh, you know novelty softwares like this that can be replaced by a free tool and done in five seconds. I mean, I, it's not a defensible business model. Sorry to break it to you, Speed pro. I know 10 different free QR code generators. I could make a QR code in the next two minutes. Um, so I don't think that that's really a defensible thing. I think it almost runs like an agency. I mean, they've gotta be signing big deals with big franchised restaurants because I think that the harder part of this is Maintaining brand with the design of the QR code, making sure that um, you're sending them to a specific page that is a mobile friendly um, version of the website and printing those stickers to put on the tables, I think is the biggest pain in the ass of all of it. So, I mean, if you can be an agency that has proficiencies in those things, I just can't imagine they're making much money because how much are you going to really pay for a sticker and a free QR code to be generated?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if their entire model is just generating the QR code and, and making that uh, you know, capable, I don't think it's going to last that long. I mean, think to your point, if they have if it's part of an overall offering that they have where hey, we'll help you redesign your menu, make it more mobile friendly, could even order, you know, from your mobile phone. I mean, granted waiters and waitresses might not like that idea, but I mean, that's already kind of happening. I know, Chili's, they have some where you can just order and pay all from um, yeah. a little hub on the table. But, I, I, you know, I, I do appreciate that they're trying to start a business and, and do, you know, bring value to companies. It'd be interesting to see how long it'll it'll last. Like I said, it's I think there's more opportunity in helping restaurants rethink their business model and how they can create a better customer journey. The QR code and contactless menus are just a small piece of that overall offering, in, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: no, uh, well said. Well said.
0: Yeah, On to the next story. So 67% of companies, um, they basically believe or expect uh, working from home to be a long-term or even a permanent uh, thing. This comes as people have been working from home more. They're seeing the efficiencies in uh, um, you know productivity. They don't have to buy as much office supplies. They don't have to buy as many chips for the break room. Um, not only that, I mean, they're just seeing, oh, wow, we don't need to rent this huge building and on top of that, our biggest worry was that we weren't going to be able to get projects done, stay on top of our employees. But there's been a huge learning um, in terms of project management tools and, and how you can stay on top of that. So now that we've had you know, the, the roller coaster of the very beginning uh, get past us, companies are realizing that you know this is a s- sustainable model. My question is, what is this going to do to the commercial real estate industry? Is this good for employees' mental health and physical health? I mean, there's there so many different things that this could impact, um, but I mean, do you think it's a good thing that, that this many businesses are are looking for remote work to be a long-term or permanent solution?
1: Well, I mean, I think the first thing is there's definitely a threat here that we're kind of hitting this point of, okay, like I got to make sure that I'm wearing makeup and I'm wearing nice clothes on the Zoom meeting And then it's like, well, I'll just wear a t-shirt. Well, this time I'm not even gonna wear pants. It's like I think that (laughs) the the more that we get comfortable, the more that is gonna be let slide that we're gonna let slide as business owners in terms of, you know, this remote work. So, I my initial feeling here is that there could easily be a slide in productivity as people become more comfortable in what they're doing. And uh, but you know, I think uh, with that being said, we've seen a lot of success with our uh, kind of. Asynchronous and virtual um setup. So I I think that it's definitely feasible from a commercial real estate standpoint. I think it's interesting too because I mean we saw a lot of malls that started being transitioned into um like co-working spaces or or real estate or office space. Um, and now we're phasing that out. It's like, what's gonna happen <laughs> to all these malls or places like that? I was telling you earlier, like, you know, maybe I'll just like pay the rent to live in the Louis Vuitton store and just like (laughs) go bed in there. But like, it's interesting to see what, what is happening in that space. Uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, 67% is huge. You can't, you can't ignore that. And, uh, you know, we got to give the people what they want. That's where you're going to get the most productivity out of them. So even if they're getting comfortable, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, uh, I, I don't care what you wear on a zoom meeting, as long as we're having a productive conversation. I mean, be naked in that chair if you want. As long as we're having a good, productive conversation, your camera isn't on, then we're good. Um, I, I think the the fear of losing productivity and things slipping through the cracks, I think that's where a good project management tool comes in and you can see how productive sure. people are being. You get insight into what they're working sure. on, how many projects they're completing, how many hours and all that type of stuff. So it's, yeah. uh, you know... Businesses have a funny thing is when they start seeing profitability and revenue fall, it's like, okay, where is this coming from? And you'll be able to identify those people who are falling. And um, it's just looking at different KPIs and and different activities and just readjusting how you operate a business.
1: Yeah, no, I I think it'd be interesting to see if they started like allowing employees to do like mileage on their devices, if they're using their own devices. Uh, I think that uh, it's convenient to them and maybe you can get a stipend the same way you're putting mileage on your car. Um, for things like that, I think those are the types of things that are going to be strings that businesses can pull to kind of keep people motivated, keep people excited. And, um, yeah, that's what you got to do once we start hitting the wall of productivity.
0: Yep. No, I, I agree. And going on to our last, uh, story. So this is here, a local one, mountainside fitness CEO, um, brought up a lawsuit against governor Doug Ducey. Um, you know, we're, we're going back into lockdown come Monday uh, bars, restaurants, gyms, health clubs, and tubing um, are going to be prohibited. You know, it's crazy. I've never been within six to ten feet of anyone while tubing, so I don't know where that comes in. But his whole uh, his whole defense is, look, if we're just trying to stop this whole thing, why not shut everything down, I, you know? We got grocery stores that people are packed. You got point of sale systems. Everyone's touching. I think you know his stance is why not do this to everyone? You're really impacting my business and you know my livelihood. And he's taken a stance and just said, I'm not shutting down. I think you're gonna have to come and, and force me to shut down. So, <laughs> is this good for you know? Should more businesses follow suit? Should Ducey wake up and maybe look at at laws? I mean, there's there's so many different ways to go. I think it's it's tough because you want safety for you know, the population, but you also want, you know, businesses to not shudder. So I mean, what what are your thoughts? It's the
1: wild west, baby. <laughs> Good for them. Um, you know, I think that uh my argument is gonna is gonna continue to be let's let let's stop trying to infringe on people's rights to freedom and to do what they wanna do. You put a mask on people, make them wear it. And, you know, flattening the curve is different from finding a cure. We're not going to find a cure tomorrow. This is going to be a long drawn out process. And the more that we kind of fearmonger people into their homes, the harder it's going to be to get back to work, the harder it's going to be to recover some of these small businesses, the harder it's going to be to get the economy rolling again. And so I think that, uh, you know i'm I'm with Mountainside, and i I think that you know you should be able to make your own decisions. It, it's sad that a couple of bad apples and these business owners that uh, were not being responsible is the cause of this kind of second wind of outbreak because it's not as much that they were open. It's just that they weren't following the policies in the first place. And so I think that's a bigger issue.
0: I mean, these these couple bad apples are seem to uh, you know create some polarizing. Uh, standpoints and stuff like that but no I agree I think you know it's tough it's like someone has built a business for 20 years or whatever and you're gonna basically shut down because of this and you know I don't want to get too deep into it because it is so you know polarizing but the end of the day it's it's you know I, I think people are looking at the wrong metrics and numbers sure cases are going up but death rate and all that is going down so it's like we're, we're just having more cases because there's more testing being done. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think everyone's just looking at the wrong numbers, and it's tough that, that when that's done, um, you know, decisions are made that can really impact people's lives and, and their entire family tree, essentially. Um, you know, we have so many generational businesses yeah. and stuff, but um, it's you're tough. At I mean, risk.
1: yeah. If you're at risk and you're worried about this, don't go outside.
0: Like, that, that's my whole thing.
1: You don't know,
0: my dad, go. my dad, he, you know very why do you high want risk shut and that, that's basically what he's doing
1: yeah. staying in why do you want to shut the businesses down as opposed to you staying inside that's what gets me it's just like if you're not somebody it, and and be responsible i mean f- and that, that's why we've got the rules That's why we got the masks on i, I saw a stat that if both people are wearing masks there's only a, there's a, like a 98% chance that you will not transmit the disease to mm-hmm. somebody so i don't understand why that two percent is so scary that we have to shut down half, bu- half the businesses for a second time now? There's no more triple P. There's no more printing another two trillion dollars to distribute so we can all close down and redo quarantine. Like it's just, it's frustrating to me. Obviously, I'm passionate about this. Hmm. Uh, another thing I'm passionate about is Avantage. Avantage.com. They uh, they help these small businesses that are struggling to get back in the game. Check them out. Sign up for a free account. You get $150 worth of trade credits that you can use today. You would use these trade credits today. Go get in a bookkeeper. Go get some legal advice. Go get uh, somebody to clean your business so that there's no more germs on on the tables. You know, whatever it is you need. Um, but uh, yeah, they're still at work. We're still at work. And we know you guys out there are still at work. So um, we just appreciate you standing with us and, um, and hustling. But Dustin, do you have anything you want to add?
0: Yeah, no. Go check out Advantage. I mean, everyone has a little bit of extra time right now, ex- excess capacity. So trade some of that time with someone else that has a little extra time. Um, but no, appreciate you guys tuning in. You know, Chaz, my, you know, my favorite story was, uh, you know, the contact list menu thing. I think uh, my, the reason why I like it so much is I think there's going to be a lot of businesses that pop up that seem like they're bringing a lot of value, but might not be. Um, and so it's up to business owners to really think through, is this uh, some good value? But I mean, what was kind of your favorite
1: There's been a sliding scale of how long this remote work thing is going on and how many businesses are bought into it. It started at very micro levels and then it's kind of risen now to seeing 67% of businesses are thinking that this is going to be through the end of the year into next year, maybe permanently. Um, And so I think that uh, that tells a lot about where we're going as a society, where business is going. So if you're an investor, you're an entrepreneur capitalize on the trends, think a couple of years down the road and where we're we going to be if this continues. Yep. Well, again, thank you guys for tuning in. Again, this is a non-corporate network news made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. If you want to start a, a show yourself, um check out ncnbroadcast.com. We want to hear about what you want to start and we want to help you bring it to life and throw it on the NCN um channel. Uh so yeah, reach out to us. And if you have any stories you want us to debate, Send them over. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We appreciate you taking a second. Um, We'll see you again Friday morning. A couple more stories. Uh, But with that, my name is Chaz Vandermotter. Dustin Trout. And thank you guys for being with us. We'll see you again soon. Get to hustling. See
0: you Friday.